Love Your Bod Pod. I am your host. I'm Kara Corinne Sofeli, and I am a holistic health coach, and I help people make peace with food. I'm also a cookbook author. My new cookbook, Vegan Bootables, is now available for pre-order. If you would love a book full of easy, satisfying, nourishing recipes, then go pre-order it. The whole cookbook is filled with recipes that taste really good and will nourish your body and are relatively easy. My goal with this book was to really base it off of like how I eat day to day. And typically, you know, as someone who works full time, it's like you you finish up for the day and you want something that's like pretty quick and pretty easy and not tons of ingredients and not like super obscure and like it doesn't take forever, but like also tastes good. And so the cookbook is exactly that. It's basically based off my food philosophy for most of the time, for everyday living. So in the show notes, you can find a link to that or in my Instagram profile at Kara's Kitchen, there's a link to pre-order the book. So pretty, pretty please go pre-order it if that sounds like something you would love. The the recipes are just easy and delicious and I know you're going to love them. Okay, it is also (laughs) the beginning of 2020 and I felt like it was the perfect time to have a conversation around goal setting and setting intentions that have to do with like health and well-being and that are coming from a food freedom and a body wisdom perspective. Now, if you're anything like I used to be, then around the new year, you'd typically be making resolutions to lose weight. They would all be about how many pounds I'd want to lose and what foods I was going to restrict and like what diet I was going to stick to with all of my willpower and et cetera, et cetera. You know, in the past, I would always make resolutions to make up for what I had eaten during the holidays and I would just have a goal around like weight loss and like looking a certain way. But if you're listening to this podcast, then you're probably working to get out of that headspace and you want to find food freedom and body wisdom and you're trying to not set goals around restriction and removing food and like losing pounds. You're you're listening to this podcast because you're curious about how to set goals around health and well-being without falling into the diet mentality or disordered eating or restriction. You might be wondering like, okay, well, if weight loss isn't the goal, then like what is? Can I set goals and intentions to take care of my health? Can I set goals and intentions around food and movement and self-care without it automatically being restrictive? You might be wondering like, how do I approach this topic from food freedom and body wisdom? You know, you probably value your health. You probably value taking care of yourself. And so if you were to look through the anti-diet lens, then what does setting goals look like? Now, I'm hoping to answer that question through this podcast. Now, before I answer that, I kind of want to revisit what it's like when we're coming from the diet culture perspective or the diet mentality so that we can kind of 
see how they look differently. Now, I do recommend that you go back and listen to podcast episode 19, which was the podcast I did last New Year's around a four-step process to create soul goals. I talk about shameful obligation versus authentic inspiration. And I think it's just a really like awesome episode and perspective. So I do recommend going back and listening to episode 19 if you haven't. Okay. Now, often diet culture-based goals or like goals that are rooted and steeped in diet culture and the diet mentality often come from a place of shame. Hence, listening to episode 19 when I talk about shameful obligation versus authentic inspiration. When we're setting goals around health and, and fitness or like New Year's resolutions, I'm not really a resolution girl. I'm much more about like goals and intentions and like how I want to be and how I want to show up for myself and the people in my life more than I am resolutions. But typically when we're coming from the diet mentality, they're coming from wanting, we set goals and resolutions from this place of wanting to control or punish or make up for the past. Like I was really bad over the holidays and now I need to be good. Or I'm ashamed of my weight and my body so I want to change and manipulate it into something I like. Often we'll set really rigid goals like I'm going to go to the gym X number of times for a specific length of time with a specific level of intensity. Or we'll set rigid food goals like limiting calories or macros or cut out entire food groups. You might set the goal of like sticking to a specific meal plan or regimen or protocol or plan or detox or whatever. And often, almost always, from the diet culture perspective, our main marker of success is pounds and inches lost. It's based on how we look, not how we feel. Now, that's possibly what it's looked like for you in the past. I'm assuming it's looked like something similar, if not just like that. And if that's how it's looked for you in the past and you're wanting to create some goals and intentions that will support you in your intuitive eating and food freedom recovery, then listen up. This is for you. So you are absolutely allowed to create goals and intentions around food and health and movement and well-being. And it is totally possible to do that from a food freedom and a body wisdom perspective, from an intuitive eating perspective per se. So I think what is really important to keep in mind is that diet culture is designed to disconnect you from your body and have you put your trust in an external authority like a diet of some kind instead of listening to your intuition and listening to your body wisdom and honoring your desires and learning to trust yourself. So the opposite of that would be to create goals and intentions that reestablish that trust, respect, and intuitive connection with yourself and your body. What that would look like is instead of setting those rigid goals around like exactly how many times you're going to the gym and on what days and how intense it's going to be, you could set a goal or an intention to listen to your body's needs for movement. 
The intention could be I want to tune in and honor myself with movement. And I want to do what feels good instead of punishing myself with exercise or instead of having your goal being about calories burned. It could be about listening to what it is you want and need. How am I feeling? Do I want to engage in exercise? What type of exercise? How am I feeling during this movement? Can I listen in to when I've had enough and I'm ready to stop and rest? Can I tune in and ask myself, do I really want to exercise today? Is that what my body is craving? Or do I actually want to rest? And maybe the goal or the intention is to actually pause for that one minute mindfulness, check in and ask yourself like, huh, what am I feeling today? Maybe you set an intention or a goal of being in your body, being in your body, listening to your body and taking care of your body for your body. Often when we're coming from the diet mentality, we're like this outsider and we're judging our body and we're criticizing it and we're trying to punish it as opposed to really being inside of it and feeling our body and how we're feeling. We're so like disconnected from our mind and our body. And so maybe the goal and the intention is how can I be more embodied within myself? The goal could be to tune in and listen to what it's asking for. The intention could be to pay more attention to how you're feeling before, during, and after you engage in movement. And when you check in before you engage in movement and then you're paying attention to how you're feeling while you're moving and then you check in with how you're feeling after, you then have a lot of data that you can use to take with you next time. What if the goal or intention was to have fun and find something you loved to do instead of what you thought would be the most effective at losing weight? If the goal was to have fun and feel good, how might that change the way you exercise or the types of exercise you engage in? You know, one of the ladies in Food Body Soul, which by the way, if you're curious about Food Body Soul, reach out to me to learn about the next round. She had this really big breakthrough in the program and she realized how much she hated and dreaded exercise because she hated going to the gym, but she felt like going to the gym and lifting weights was going to be the most effective for weight loss and that she had to do that. And so it made movement not enjoyable for her because it was coming from this place of like shame and it it was coming from this place of like, I'm not good enough, so I need to lift weights so that I can, you know, change my body into something I'm okay with. When she really tuned in and asked herself, like, what actually do I want to do? Like, what type of exercise would be fun? And then she gave herself permission to engage in that type of movement. She actually discovered how much she loved exercising and how much she loved moving. And she began looking forward to her workouts instead of dreading them. So what if your goal and intention this year was to find movement that you truly loved and enjoyed? So let's shift gears into like food and health. What if you set goals around feeling good instead of just looking good? What if the goal was to honor your fullness and satisfaction? 
you know, just yesterday on Instagram, I posted about the difference between fullness and satisfaction. And I explained why feeling full isn't always enough. If it's not met with some level of satisfaction, I truly believe that when we're, you know, working on intuitive eating, so many of us try so hard, like we're so rigid about stopping when we're full that we totally disregard our need for satisfaction. And we might physically be full, but have the desire to keep eating because we're not satisfied. So what if you set the intention of finding a really lovely balance that felt really good to you between fullness and satisfaction? And if you're not following me on Instagram, go to Kara's Kitchen, Kara with a C, Kitchen with a K, go read that post because I think it's really valuable. And if you're listening to this very early on upon release, I'm, I'm willing to bet my Instagram stories where I talk about this are still up as well, where I talk about it in more depth. You could set the intention and the goal to trust your body more. What would that look like? If the intention was to trust and respect and listen to your body more, what would that actually look like for you? What types of actions would you take or not take? How would you do things differently? Perhaps you want to set the goal or the intention to make choices around food from a place of respect and self-care, not control or shame or fear. If that was the place from which you are choosing, I talk a lot about it's not what you choose. It's about the place from which you choose it. So what would it look like for you in your life in this new year, 2020, if you were to set the intention to make choices around food from a place of respect and trust and self-care? What would that look like? How might you do things differently? If you were not coming from control or shame or fear or listening to some external authority like a diet, like a diet, like paleo or keto or whole 30 or whatever it is, what would it look like for you? Because it's going to be unique for you. Now, there's always this like initial misconception with intuitive eating and unconditional permission to eat. You know, we, our fear brains are really quick to assume that if we were to just let ourselves eat what we actually wanted to eat whenever we wanted to eat it, that we would then have no regard for our health, that we would just eat donuts forever, that we would have, we would just have this disregard for how we would want to feel. But what I have found to be true is that when you do get to this place of normal eating, of intuitive eating, you have a respect for your body. And so naturally you want to take care of it, which means you want to feel good. And when you want to feel good, you don't have the desires to just eat donuts all day. Because you know and I know that if we just ate donuts all day, every single day, we like actually physically wouldn't feel good. We'd be sluggish and like bloated and we'd have low energy and we'd feel lethargic and we'd have brain fog, right? Like we wouldn't actually feel good. So if you respected your body and you wanted to take care of your body, then naturally by default you'd want to feel good and so you wouldn't want to eat that way. Like sure, you know you could eat that way. Like yes, you could totally eat donuts every single day forever. But it's like if you really tuned in and asked yourself, do you really want to do that? I'm willing to bet that you actually don't because you'd want to feel well. So that's always that like sticky point with giving yourself permission to eat what you want to eat. We have that fear. So... Just because you will want to eat pizza doesn't automatically mean that you're going to, you know, want to eat 
so much pizza that you feel sick, it's very possible that you're going to want to eat pizza and also feel good. So you're going to only eat, you know, a certain amount of pizza or you're going to also have salad with it, right? So what if you were to set the intention to pay more attention to how you feel when you eat certain types of foods and to pay more attention to what it is your body actually wants to eat? And you find that unique middle ground between satisfying and nourishing foods. You know, so often it's all or nothing, right? Like, <coughs> excuse me, I'm getting over a cold. So often when we set health goals or like intentions and goals and resolutions around food, it's like black and white. It's all or nothing. It's all about like removing certain things from our diet and from our life instead of adding things in. So what if this year, instead of having black and white and all or nothing, like all the sugar, no the sugar, you set the goal and the intention to find the happy, healthy middle ground, to find that balance between satisfying and nourishing, between satisfaction and fullness. Because it's so easy and all too common to just focus on what we need to remove from our life to be healthier instead of having more intention around what can I add in that's going to make me feel really good. So like what if in 2020 getting healthier for you was not about what you had to take away but what else you could add in or what you could just maybe do differently instead of like completely doing away with. You know, our health and wellness environment is all about going sugar-free or gluten-free or carb-free or processed food-free or alcohol-free and on and on and on. Like, obviously, like, food allergies aside here, right? Like, there are definitely some real reasons for why we need to not eat a food. But I think you hear me. And, like, whenever we have that all-or-nothing mentality, like, we kind of all know how it goes, right? Like, we kind of lose our shit and fall off the wagon and we're knee-deep in brownie batter. It's just like kind of how it works, right? And and in all honesty, like who wants to live a life where you have to take away all of the things you love, right? Like who really wants to live the rest of their life without foods that taste good or without movement that is fun or without rest or, or whatever, right? Like I certainly don't and I assume you don't either. And I believe that like food freedom and the food freedom and the body wisdom perspective to a healthy lifestyle and to a healthy relationship with food in your body is about doing things differently, not completely doing away with things. And it's about adding things into your life that make you feel good as opposed to just taking away things. So like instead of swearing off alcohol, what if you allowed yourself to have whatever it is that you liked, but then you also were like, I'm going to also focus on drinking more water as well. Or I'm going to make the intention to have like a green juice a week. Or instead of swearing off sugar forever, what if you focus more on giving yourself real permission, real allowance so that you enjoyed that sugar, but you also set the intention of adding in more vegetables or more leafy greens because you know those are going to make your body feel good and you want to be satisfied and nourished. What if instead of telling yourself never eat emotionally, you were like, you know what? I'm going to work on allowing myself to eat emotionally because it's a coping mechanism, right? Emotional eating is just your alarm bell. That's something in your life needs your attention. And what if you also added in journaling and meditation? I think all too often we try to substitute 
coping mechanisms will be like emotional eating is it's a bad coping mechanism we'll have a judgment about it so instead of trying to eat when we're sad we'll be like I'm gonna take a warm bath or like I'm gonna meditate and often when we try to not eat and do something else instead it backfires and we end up just binging and eating even more than if we gave ourselves permission to eat emotionally but then also added in other coping mechanisms. So what if the intention was to not beat yourself up or shame or judge yourself for emotional eating but it was to allow yourself to eat and then also add in other strategies like journaling or meditating or calling a friend or going on a walk. So instead of replacing, you add in additional ways to take care of yourself. Or instead of removing processed foods, you allowed yourself to enjoy them. But then you set the intention and the goal to also make time to cook for yourself, to make delicious, satisfying, and nourishing meals from scratch. Like from my cookbook, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, shameless plug, go order vegan bootables. It's a delicious, epic cookbook. What if the goal wasn't to take away everything that you think is bad in your life, but instead it was to fill your life up with so much enriching goodness that you felt really good as a result and then you naturally wanted to keep up those behaviors. You know, what if you made the goal and the intention to fill yourself up and to take care of yourself from a place of love instead of taking away from a place of fear and shame? I think it's a lot easier. You're statistically more likely to maintain it and I think it's a lot more fun. Now, the last little piece of this conversation is around action. You know, one of the biggest things that I I learned or rather distinguished might be a better word is that we have to act our way into a new way of being. We have to act our way into new habit formation. We can't just think about it. We have to like do it. And one of the best ways in my experience is to start really small and to take baby steps and micro actions that will eventually over time lead to the fulfillment of the larger goal or intention that you want to accomplish and create and bring to life in your own life. So after you've set some awesome food freedom, body wisdom, anti-diet intentions, and goals for yourself, can you then break them down into smaller, actionable items? I truly believe that when we have small little actions that we can take on a, a regular basis or daily basis, that if we stay in action over time, we're going to get to where we're going. You know, something my business coach always says is your success is inevitable. Now, if you stay in action with these like micro baby actions, small actions, your success is inevitable. You can't not get to where you're going. So if the intention or the goal is to reestablish trust and respect with your body, then what might those little micro actions or baby steps look like? For example, they could be one. I'm going to eat when I sense my hunger instead of looking at the clock or judging it, thinking that it's not time to eat or that I shouldn't be hungry, that when I feel hunger, I'm going to eat something. Two, I'm going to slow down for a one minute mindfulness check-in before each meal to see how I am feeling 
and see if I can tune in and ask myself what it is I actually want to eat. Three, after doing that, I'm going to aim for satisfaction and nourishment from my meals, not just physical fullness. Four, I'm going to get rid of my Apple Watch and my fitness pal because those external devices actually disconnect me from my body. And if I'm trying to reestablish trust and respect, then getting rid of those devices would help me. Five, pay attention to self-talk. And whenever I catch myself beating myself up, I'm going to trade it for compassion, kindness, and gentleness. So that's one example. Another example, let's say, is like if you set the goal or the intention to work on healing your body image and, you know, work on getting out of body hatred and shame and becoming more body neutral and weight neutral, some of those micro actions to get to that place could be one, get rid of my skinny clothes or clothes that do not fit the body that I'm in right now. Two, get rid of the scale and stop weighing myself. Three, unfollow fitspo people or people that trigger me on Instagram. Four, follow fat positive and body positive people on Instagram instead. And then five, I could create boundaries with friends and family around diet talk and body comments. And six, I could reduce the amount of time I spend standing in front of the mirror, body checking and stuff. Now, also, just a side note, since we're uh, since that last example was about body image healing, if repairing your body image is actually a, a real goal of yours for 2020, you know, something that you really do want to work on, then I absolutely recommend checking out Embodied Rebel, the most recent course that I just released with Brandilyn Tebow. It is specifically designed to help you heal your body image, and it's truly incredible incredibly powerful. The feedback that we've gotten from the women who have already gone through it has been awesome. So if you're struggling with your body image, then you've likely spent a lot of time trying to change what your body looks like to heal your body image. And you've also probably discovered that it, that, that that doesn't work for very long. Now this course is designed to help you change the way you look at your body. So you know that quote by Wayne Dreyer, change the way you look at things and the things you look at change. That's what I'm talking about. This course will change the way you look at your body. We talk about it from a political lens, a societal lens, an environmental lens, a social lens. And we support you in having a profound shift in perspective so that your body image changes without you necessarily having to change what your body looks like. It's incredibly powerful. And it will support you in separating your worth from your weight. So if you are interested in that course, there's a link in the show notes. It's in my Instagram profile. You can go to my website, karaskitchen.net. And then under the work with me tab, you'll see the tab that says embodied rebel. And you can check out that course. You can read about it and enroll if it's something that you're really wanting to tackle and have change for 2020. Okay. If this episode was helpful, I hope it was helpful. And if it was helpful, then the most helpful thing you can do in return is to leave a ratings and review on iTunes or to share this podcast with a friend or to share it on Instagram and be sure to tag me. That is the most helpful way to give back to the show if it's been helping you. And I would be so grateful and I love seeing that stuff. So that is all for today. I hope that you got a lot out of this episode. If you have questions, 
be sure to reach out to me. I'm always open to your feedback and I will see you guys all next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye.